you're like so gay. Hey, are you sexual deviants? And sexual deviant wannabes, what's up? My name is Aaron. And my name is Matt. Can you tell I've been taking singing lessons? Oh my god. I haven't, actually. I live with my parents, and I think they would probably um, throw me out of a window if I started taking lessons in something that makes so much noise. So, I also don't actually think I've ever heard you like seriously sing in our seven years of friendship, or however long I've known you. I That's funny, because I've definitely been in... like, like Maybe in the l- car. Maybe I ever since I was a little kid, I've had like zero qualms about like fully belting in front of people in the car because my parents would both just like turn the music up and be like, you go for it, girl. And what were you singing? Show tunes? No, I was listening to Z100 from like Mm. second grade. Mm -hmm. Actually, okay, this is perfect. I mean, this is not a segue into anything, but I have a specific memory of pulling out of my driveway. And this is when I, I honestly, this is must be when I learned what being queer is because they were talking about Alicia Keys and morning talk show radio on Z100. And someone said something about her, like not being straight or whatever. And I asked my mom, I said, what does being straight mean? She's not straight. No, she is, but it was talk show radio, so they just talk about rumors and whatever. Oh. I know. I think because like, oh. she, like, because <laughs> she had a voice that, like, wasn't incredibly high-pitched, so they were like, is she into men or women? We'll oh. never know. And I was like... Don't you miss those days? Well, I guess they still happen, actually. Yeah. Anyway. So. Wow. What's up, Matt? Who are you? <laughs> Welcome um, to Queering the Air, a weekly yeah. podcast where we talk about gay shit really gay shit um i'm matt i'm 26 i use he him pronouns and i am a cis gay man aaron who are you my name's What's aaron name? i'm 25 <laughs> my name's aaron a aaron a aaron and now you'll never forget it uh my name's aaron I say that because people always forget my name and then whenever they're like, wait, I'm so sorry, I forgot your name. Like, can you just tell me it one more time? I'm like, A.A. Ron. And then everyone goes, oh, and I'm like, yeah. so stupid. And they're like, wait, but like, have you seen that, that one, have you seen that one sketch? And I'm like, yes. I <laughs> so, um, yes, I've seen the Keen Peel sketch. <laughs> I, anyway, my name's Eric. <laughs> My name is Aaron. I'm 25. I live in LA. I use he, him pronouns. Uh, I work in entertainment. And um, yeah. It's been quite a week, ladies and gentlemen. I was waiting for you to say that. Yeah. I truthfully have had probably probably the worst week of my entire life um, this week, which sounds super dramatic. And I'm not going to get into it very much, but I'm going to get into it later in life. So like, if you want to hear more, then come back later or uh, get ready for the YouTube videos because there's a lot I want to discuss, mm-hmm. but I need to wait uh, for my safety. So yeah, I'm going to um, corroborate knowing the details. I'm going to corroborate <laughs> and say this probably is like one of the worst weeks of his life. Literally today at work. It's Thursday while we're recording this. This morning at work, I I cried at work, like sobbed like four times today. Like it was like not good. But then after work, I got some of the best potential news that I've 
maybe ever received. Like it might be one of the biggest opportunities that's like ever been presented to me. So Mm -hmm. um, we're putting all of the good juju into the atmosphere, but that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to jinx anything, obviously. (laughs) Yes. All that's great. Even though I called Matt immediately while I was like doing a jig (laughs) on my kitchen table. (laughs) Oh my God. I was literally FaceTiming with my boyfriend and (laughs) I just get a text that says 911. And I was like, "Uh, I'm going to need to call you back. And And then the follow up text was, it's good. Yeah, it goes, (laughs) OMG, it's good. I'm on the moon. And I was like, these, the roller coaster of emotions that I just went on. I was like, you don't lead good news with 911. <laughs> but it worked. It got my attention. So. <laughs> but that's also like the same. I don't want to say text me 911. But like for anyone listening, especially for friends, I am horrific with my phone. However, if it's actually like important, just like put like a like an emoji that's like the little red flashing thing and be like, you need to answer this. And I'll be like, okay, got it. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> spell it out. And I've learned that that works really well with people, especially people who are bad texters where you're like, I need your attention immediately. And people are like, okay, I'll put everything else down. It's like, um, oh, what was that on BBM? Where you ping people on BBM? Oh my God. Did you ever have I did. I did. But like, I didn't know enough people who also had Blackberries for it to be like useful. Mm-hmm. But I felt really, really cool when I got a Blackberry and then I was able to make my status. Here's my pin. And then put my Blackberry pin as my Facebook status. I was like, I have made it when i was like 15 wow oh my god what a like short period of incredible time that we got to live through with blackberries i miss them a little bit i miss the the keypad or the keyboard yes i think that they might have a comeback blackberries i hope so i hope that (laughs) i get like a work phone that's a blackberry Anyone who's like 23 and younger who's listening to this is going to be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, why are you talking about fruit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, my God. Okay, yeah. but actually, sorry. I'm going to like harp on that one more time. Like, I realize that I'll probably need like a work phone in like two years. Or even if I don't, I'm going to – no, I'm definitely going to have a work phone. Um, I'm going to get a BlackBerry again. I've decided. I feel like it's like the ideal secondary phone when you just need to like yeah. do emails and texts and shit like that. I and then also there's almost like a little bit of a boundary because I feel like with, I feel like with iPhones with all the apps and stuff, like you're never able to like separate from it because even if you're not checking your email or your texts, like you're on your Instagram or your Snapchat or whatever. So it's so true that it's like having a second work phone that just has your work on it. That would actually be really, it'd be annoying to carry it around, but it'd be really nice to like, just have a phone with nothing on it but work. I've never really thought about the premise of a work <laughs> <Yeah>. phone. <laughs> like, but uh, wow, people have figured something out. <laughs> wow, people have been doing this for like over a decade and we're just like, this is a really good idea. We should invent that. It's kind of like I Elon Musk in investing. And yeah, it's like Elon Musk who like invents public transportation every like three months on Twitter. Literally. 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 Um... Yeah. Anyway, let's let's move along. Uh since we're attempting to keep our episode shorter, which we're gonna say every single week and then eventually they'll get a little bit shorter. Uh-huh. <laughs> um this week we wanted to once again shout out Mara and Brett. Thank you so much for being supporters of the podcast. You to well, I mean every thank you to everybody who's a supporter of the podcast, but these two are financial supporters and that means that they like pledge an amount of money as much as they wanna I mean 
I think the max that you can actually pledge through Anchor is $10 a month. I don't think that they allow you to pledge more than that. But basically, they're like, oh my God, we love your content so much. We'll give you a little bit of a tip. And it just is really nice. It's really nice and it's very appreciated. And thank you. And that's that on It really means a lot. Yeah. Um, So if you are interested in becoming a patron of the podcast uh we'll get to a point where like patrons get exclusive access to like something once we have a little bit more of it Mm -hmm. figured out but um you can go to the link in the description of the episode uh it's like anchor.com slash qt or anchor.fm slash qta and there's a button in the middle that says support and you can pledge your support hell yeah so eventually when once we get to exclusive content i'll give you guys um live stream access to me studying in law school Mm -hmm. um it's really exciting Mm -hmm. there's a lot of me not actually studying so those i recently have been getting some of those in my youtube algorithm i got one that was like three hours of studying with me and it was literally just a three-hour video of someone studying which actually might have been really nice to have in college where it's like if you were especially in like COVID times when you're studying from home like putting your computer to someone else who's studying so that you feel like you're studying with someone else like I was like wow that's a premise that's I'm here for it I'm gonna try that yeah I'll report back I'll report back next week but I'm gonna try that because like I hated studying alone yeah, I literally, like, sit in my bedroom at my desk all day. So, like, as soon as I – and, like, on Zoom. So, as soon as I sit down to, like, quiet, try to read something, I'm like, fuck, I've been here for so long. I'm so bored already. <laughs> 12 seconds in, you're like, god damn it. <laughs> Me, mm-hmm. mood. Me, yeah, whatever, I, I try to meditate. Have you, <laughs> have you ever tried to I'm meditate? Just, um, actually, in high school, my senior year, I took full uh, – was it, like – philosophical literature or something weird like that and we had a whole month where we meditated once a week in class for the entire 50 minutes of english class the entire time mm-hmm. i really loved it wow mm-hmm. that's really wild it was pretty nuts it was like a small class too there's like one girl and like eight guys and like four of them were like potheads so they would just like get really high and come to meditation. Okay, that's kind of epic. Wild. Yeah. Um, another shout out that we wanted to make this week is I wanted to shout out Miss Neely, who is a good friend of mine. Um, I lived with Neely when I was living in Rome, actually. But she shot me a text over the weekend. I think I don't actually know when it was. It might have been. I don't. She shot me a text and was like, "Hey, um, I don't want to add more work to your plate, but." It would be really nice if you could just make like a playlist with all of the music that you guys suggest on it so that I don't have to like add it. And I was like, that's really smart. And I was thinking about doing it. So if you want so to, we did. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to follow the Queering the Air official music of the week podcast playlist, <laughs> hello, <laughs> it's been a long week, ladies and gentlemen, and ladies and ladies. Um, it will be linked. It's linked in our link tree. Um, and it's on Spotify and I will be adding the music that we suggest to it every week. Yeah, Um, baby. And then I'll probably like, I mean, if there's ever anything Matt, that you want to just throw in there too, I'm going to add in some other ones. I don't know if like, I love this song. Yeah. I don't know if um, I will add 
into it too much of things mm. that I'm just listening to because um you have unique taste. I have unique taste and it might throw off the vibe a little bit, but Okay. But who knows? Yeah. You never know. I, mean, I go through the, phases. The suggestions that you've made so far have been really good. I know, I've been very intentional about those suggestions. I know. <laughs> okay. I know. Well anyway, <laughs> speaking um, of that. One other question that I haven't talked to you about was I also thought when I was making that podcast, I thought it might be cool to make a collaborative podcast, which you can do on Spotify, where anybody who has the link can add songs to it. So if we were to do that and we could put it in our link tree as well, anybody who's listening, if you want to be part of like a collaborative music sharing playlist, basically anybody who's listening who uses Spotify could add their favorite songs to it. And then we can all kind of find new music together, which I'm really into. I'm really into too. And we can do like, we could do like every two to three weeks we make a new playlist or something. I think we could just let it grow for like, Maybe once a month. I mean, we'll see how much people use it. Yeah. But oh my gosh, that'd be fun. So right, fun. I think it'd Let be cool. Let us know what you guys think of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, anyway, speaking of music, Aaron, what is your song of the week? What have you been listening to? What have you been blasting? <sighs> okay, huge shout out to Jordy, who is a gay artist who Matt knows that I'm obsessed with. Mm-hmm. Um, but his new song long distance came out today and the story of it also, I just love, he wrote it and produced it and like recorded a version of it and put it on TikTok. And he was like, yeah, cool, whatever. And like in a day it got like half a million views or something like it like blew up on TikTok, and now oh it has God. over a million views and people were like, we need the whole song immediately. And he like fully produced the song and got it on Spotify within like 10 days, I think. Like, it was crazy. And it charted. I think it was one of his first songs to ever chart. I could be wrong about that. But he posted on his on his Instagram today. It was, like, number 35 on the pop charts and, like, 190 overall. So, very proud wow. to see this growth because I've been... He's You've been... been he, for a while. Yeah. Um... I mean, I don't want to say too much because there's a chance that he might be coming on the podcast going soon. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to save it for that episode. But okay. yeah, we stand, oh. we stand. So long distance wow. by Jordy. Every t- every time I listen to it, I get like chills. I don't know what about it. it I just like it's just such a feel good song. So oh my gosh, that's so fun. Yeah, I'm going to need you to listen to it afterwards and actually give me your thoughts. But what's your song of the week? Um, my song of the week has been... It's it's Good Days by SZA. It is just like the coziest, mm-hmm. most lovely, beautiful song ever. I've, I've been listening to it so much this week. It snowed this morning. Like I took a sh- I got out of bed, took a shower, and when I got out of the shower, it had like really started coming down. Mm-hmm. And I just like played that song and like got my day going and was just like mm. so cozy and wholesome. And then I was like, oh yeah, I'm stuck in this house for a I long like time. kind of miss snow though. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm I'm very happy about it. I loved it, but I after a while I was kinda like, oh. No, I know that I know that you dressed were happy up to about go it. nowhere. I'm just you described the scene and I was like picturing it and I like I miss that feeling of like looking out the window and like seeing snowfall and you're like ah I'm in my warm little box with the doors closed and the windows closed and there's all this like cold shit happening outside but yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I know you're not on TikTok, but there's a song that SZA has previewed on her TikTok that she's like teasing releasing, and I don't think she's released it yet, and I need it so badly. It's so oh, good. That is how I feel about Call Me By Your Name by Lil Nas X. He has been teasing that song even... for... Oh my God, he's been teasing it. it since like 20, like mid-2020, I feel like. Oh I'll send God. it to you after this, but I'm like dying okay. for that fucking song. I just know it's going to be a bop. I, he's probably not going to release it until like the fucking summer. Of course, because he knows that he needs to release it the first week that the gays can go to the clubs because then mm-hmm. everyone will be like, this is all we want to hear, especially if it's like dancey. Is it like dancey? Um, I don't know. Oh, he hasn't like released a snippet or anything? He has. He's released a snippet, but it's like, I, I think it's like the build Hard up to, to like the fun part. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know if yeah. it's definitely not going to be like a rain on me. Excuse me. It's definitely not like a rain on me. Okay. But well, he should okay. he should make one of those and keep it in his back pocket until we're allowed to do things again. Little Nas publicist, you can thank me later. <laughs> 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 Just bring him on the pod and then we'll call oh it even. Oh my god. Imagine. <laughs> <laughs> um could happen. I know. One day, baby, manifesting that good, good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Matt, right. who's our guest this week? Our guest this week is one of the coolest people that I have had the pleasure of meeting in the last few years. Um, his name is Mason. He is another classmate of mine. He is, I mean, I think he introduces himself pretty well, but he is yeah. born and raised in Atlanta, I mean, technically, like, just outside of Atlanta. But for someone like me who's from the Northeast, anywhere within an hour of Atlanta is basically just Atlanta. Um, Sorry if I'm offending anybody from Georgia. But, yeah, yeah, he is just, he's lovely. He's a great friend. Um, Has been a, a wonderful, wonderful source of happy queer energy for me in law school and especially from remote especially during remote learning. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know him. I think that's it. I don't know if there's much more to say. That Amazing. He doesn't say. Don't forget mm-hmm. to like, comment, subscribe. Goodbye. True. And give us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you love them pod. Yes. Okay, okay bye. bye. <laughs>
Um, but I claim Atlanta. Um, what else? Uh, how would I describe myself? I'm a middle child. Um, I know. I'm a, a commie twink. Um, <laughs> what else? I, I love that so much. I feel like it's pretty, like, it's pretty representative, I would say, of my identity at this point. Like, commie twink. Um, and... That is an identity I, like, I could not get behind that more. Yeah. Yeah. I endorse it. I encourage, I encourage everyone to get there. Um, I guess until you age out of twinkdom and then you become... Twink is know. a mindset. You can't age out. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Perez Hilton is the perfect example of aging out of twinkdom. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I saw a tweet um, a couple of days ago and it was like something, something like 27 year old. And it was like, like he's a DILF, blah, blah, blah. And it's like DILF is not an age. It's a mindset. Um, and I don't know. I feel like I disagree. I feel like there's like an age minimum for DILF. Like zaddy, like, yeah, you could be a zaddy at like 26. But, like, a DILF, I don't know, that implies, like, gray hairs and shit. So, yeah. Okay. okay. For anybody listening that feels a little bit lost, you're not <laughs> alone. Um, well, anyway, Mason, I'm very excited that you're here. Um, thanks for agreeing to come on. No problem. Um, I'm sorry, I really can't get over the commie twink thing. <laughs> I'm like, I love that. Like, I kind of want you to make that your, like, Twitter name. Okay. Your I'm Insta here for bio. that. <laughs> I'm just... <Yeah. laughs> Interesting. I'm, I'm trying to... Main or alt? I, I would do main. I would do main for that. I guess I should have also added... I'm in law school, um, so I don't know if commie twink, if that... My employers, potential employers would like that I, so much, but... I was going to say, if you're private, maybe that's okay, but... <laughs> I'm not. I've actually never put any of my social media on private. Why is that? Too lazy. Um, I haven't either. I don't like. I feel like I don't. It would be like presumptuous of me to like ask people to like follow, like to request to follow me. Like I feel like I would then be like a disappointment. They'd be like, okay, like he must have something behind this like paywall, and then they get there. (laughs) I'm the only paywall. (laughs) Yeah, and and then they get there and they're like, this is the material. Like this is what I had to request for. (laughs) So look at the material. Exactly. And they would be disappointed. So, yeah. I guess that's why. I don't know. I've never thought about it like that, but I I get that. Yeah. I guess my, I try to have my social media like as close to who I am in like real life. So, like, Mm. authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. Um, Even though I don't tweet that much. So, like, it's really just like a collection of like retweets and like, songs mm. from spotify but yeah i do try to keep them i try to keep them pretty close nice i i can appreciate that i think i do the same thing except i then for like employers kind of hide my true self because i mm. think it would uh i don't know if this is the right phrase but it would definitely turn them off a little bit i don't know how many give law them firms reason are for like concern okay yeah. that works too <laughs> Um, I don't know how many law firms are like, yes, let's hire a vehemently socialist faggot, you know? <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. They 
<laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, for that reason, I say I try to keep them, like, close, but, like, I don't have, like, my name. Like, my name isn't in my, like, handle. Oh. It's not on my name, so, like, mm-hmm. if they were to actually, like, I'm trying to get them to not find it. If they do find it, they're throwing my resume away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> so did you always yeah. know that you wanted to go to law school? Um, no. Um, I, when was it? I mean, did I ever want to go to law school? Um, I feel like... A, that is a really good question. <laughs> like, now like that... you think you do, but... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think it was kind of like a combination of... Well, what I thought were my strengths were reading and writing. Pri- like, you know, like English, like prior to law school. Um, I thought those were some strengths. And then we got here and it's like, hmm, maybe not so much. Um, <laughs> but so it was like a combination of that. And like, honestly, like, I just didn't really know what else. It was like, it seemed like something that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. And it seemed like something that I could like find purpose in. I wouldn't necessarily say... I don't, at this point, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to, like, is my passion. Like, you know, like, I was put on this earth to do this. Like, no, I don't, I don't really feel that. Unless you're one of Mason, unless you are a recruiter on the hiring committee, (laughs) litigation is Mason's passion. Please. I. It makes, it is what wakes him up in the morning and keeps him from falling asleep at night. Please. He loves trial. Lies, lies, lies on top of lies. Um, I hope I never have to be in a courtroom. Like, that is not where I want to be. Um, Contracts, get his dick hard. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it was just kind of that. Like, it was kind of like, uh, fuck it, I'm 25. Like, what am I going to do? Um, so that's and like, I actually get into a really now. good law school. Kind of, yeah. I was like, it seemed interesting enough. So that's kind of how I ended up here. Um, Where'd you go to for undergrad? Uh, the... Oh, well, let's get into that if that's where we're going to go with this because I have plenty of questions I want to oh, ask about Jesus. this. So Mason, okay. tell us, Mason, tell us a little bit about being a homosexual at your undergrad institution. Yeah. Um, so I went to the University of Alabama. Um, oh! Tus- <laughs> okay. Oh yes, yes. Um, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, population like 15. roll tide, roll tide, national champions. Very good, Eric. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, the, like the flashbacks. Um. So yeah, I are they good flashbacks? No. Yeah, good or bad. No. That was exactly my thought. <laughs> I mean, I guess good and bad. Like college was like I, I I'll say I made the most of it. Like I made mm. the most of my college experience. But like looking back. Whew, baby, that shit was rough um, at times. So, yeah, I went there. Um, I had no... I had never been to the state of Alabama prior to um, going. Really? Yeah, no. Even though you grew up, like, not that far from it? Yeah, but, like, what the fuck's there? Like, I... Like, there's nothing... So, like, I was, like, if... Yeah, like, there was just nothing to do. Um, and my family... Like, I don't have family there, so it was just, like... That's Alabama. Um, so, yeah, I'd never been there. Had no intention of going there for undergrad. Um, but I 
I don't even know why I applied. I think I was just like, you know, casting my net. Um, and they let me in. The application was like easy as fuck. It was literally like your contact information. And they were like, okay, we'll get back to you in like a week or two. And they did. And I got Are in, you a human being? <laughs> pretty much. Um, and yeah, so I got in. And then like, I guess a few weeks after that, they sent like a scholarship package home. And it was more money than I'd ever seen in my life. Um, so I was like, okay yeah Alabama like yeah of course like <laughs> I I like the color red that's like their color yeah we can make this work um so yeah I pretty much decided based off of that um so being gay in Alabama <laughs> is um mm. it's a journey it's 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 character building I'll tell you that um oh my god there was like no infrastructure like no like there was like no there was like one like gay bar but like it wasn't actually a gay bar it was just like where like if you were like not of the norm you kind of like hung out but not like an actual gay bar that makes sense um even with a the student population as big as alabama's yeah yeah I mean, there weren't, I mean, there just weren't a ton of, at least in my, and again, this is like you said, like a school of like a shit ton of people, like in my circle slash understanding, like there just weren't a ton of out people um, because that wasn't really, wasn't really the environment for it. Like it was a very traditional environment, like very, like, you know, very traditional Southern values, like... (laughs) beer and football and like Uh greek life so um i mean those are the three things i think of when i hear university of alabama beer football and greek life that's exactly what going to tufts was like too totally (laughs) no i'm sure yeah i'm sure (laughs) i think where where alabama is in football on the football spectrum tufts is on the exact opposite end (laughs) wait so you guys did probably on the yeah, my, but I think for the longest... My freshman year was the first time mm. that they had won a game in, I think, five years. So we stormed the field. No, I think it was I think it was the seniors. It was the first game that they had ever won. Oh, in their career. Yeah. Regardless, we stormed mm. the field. It was really fun. I didn't care yeah. about the game, though. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Back to fair. you. Um, fair. Okay, that's a different experience. It was like... We were expected. <laughs> we were expected to win every week, or they were expected to win um, every week, and they usually did. Um, it was such a bummer too when, like, when they would lose. It was usually only like once a season, and everyone was so like depressed. And I was like, okay, but pregame at eleven thirty still right? Like, <laughs> but it really, like the mood, like the mood just like dropped on campus. And I was like, okay, but it's still like a Saturday night. Like, what are we doing here? That's crazy. Yeah, like, they took it really seriously. I was like, okay, but y'all don't even, like, you're not even members of the team. Like, I'm pretty sure the football players are going still going out. So, like, you can't be more upset yeah. than they are. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, so, yeah, it was, like, not a ton of, well, yeah, not a ton of out people to my knowledge. Now, when I get on Tinder, I see, like, people from the University of Alabama all the time. And I'm like, where were you? Like, I needed you in undergrad. Like, where were all of you? Um, We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. Um, (laughs) So, like, I don't know if they got there after I left or what. But when I was there, there wasn't a ton of people. And, like, oh, my god. So when did you graduate? 2016? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Yep, 2016, which is, oh my gosh, almost five years. Jesus. Oh my God, your five-year reunion's coming up. Do they do this? Maybe. I don't know. I know my (laughs) high school did, which I won't be, I didn't go to my high school one. I probably won't go to the 10-year one either. Um, Uh, But I went to my high school five reunion Mm -hmm. and I was so drunk i asked the the head of school straight up if he was gay so that was not a oh (laughs) fabulous shining moments (laughs) thank you yeah no he said no and then i told some other friends who who were like i know he has a husband and i was like look i'm just telling you what he told me (laughs) fascinating okay yeah i can't see that going down at my high school but you know that's all right. Um, I hated my high school, so yeah. And I you said d- you went to high well, school in Atlanta, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So um, let's back it up even more yeah, and yeah, talk yeah, yeah, about okay. Yeah, because it's kind of been back. it's kind of been yeah like <laughs> a long journey. Um. So okay, if we're going all the way back, so I went to yeah. Montessori school. Well, growing up. let let's go even earlier. How old were you when you realized that you were gay? Ooh. Okay. Um. Oh. I don't have like an age for you, but like I elementary school, you know, like mm. I knew that like mm. I was lingering a little bit too long in like the underwear section at Macy's. Period. Um, uh-huh. mm. <laughs> Calvin you know, Klein. Like, yeah. Okay. Like mm. the the debt we owe, um, Mr. Klein. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I knew, and like yeah, I knew in elementary, um, and it wasn't something that like. I knew, but it wasn't something that I, like, conceptualized until I would say mm-hmm. high school. Because I was just like, we can't do that. Um, so I kind of just, like, put it down. Um, and I, I guess I could why did, like... Why did you... Why was that your, your mindset? Um, I mean, I didn't really feel like there was an environment for me to be openly gay growing up. Um, like, I... Like, I'm sure I have gay family members, but, like, there was nobody out in my family. Mm. Um, I mean, we were also, like, children, so, like, but, like, there was nobody else, you know, like, out, you know, at school either. So it was just, and then, like, at that point, there wasn't, like, it's not like that was, you know, a lot mainstream TV. So it was, like, I just really didn't see it anywhere. Um, And I was just, like, okay, so, you know, maybe it's a phase. Maybe it's yada, yada, yada. Um... Let's try not to make, like, too big of a deal of it um, at that point. Obviously, it didn't go away. Um, oh, I was also, Jeez. like, I was going to say I grew up, like, religious. Like, my family's not, like, you know, like, Westboro Baptist, like, religious. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, my, like, my are family. You Southern, are, are you Catholic or are you Southern Baptist? No. no, you went to Catholic. Sorry, not to, like, you no, know, I know, spoiler alert, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm. Not at all. Ca- Another thing. I got a, that's a pattern actually. Um, but I'll get to that in a second. But no, I grew up Southern Baptist. Um, okay. so yeah. And like my family, like, I mean, some of my family is more like, I don't know, like fundamentalist religious, I guess. Um, but yeah, like just general Christianity, like my family grew up on that. We used to go to church, you know, on Sundays. Um, so boring. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah, so all of that, I guess, combined, and it was just like, yeah, not really. No, there was like no one to go to talk to about it, no one to ask, like, mm-hmm. you know, blah, blah. Um, 
so yeah, I just kind of like left that there on the side um, and kept it pushing through to. And so, yeah, I went to Montessori school, which really like should have been the environment to do it because Montessori school is like the most like hippie, like open-minded, free love kind of education Mm -hmm. (laughs) there is. Um, (laughs) So, but I didn't. Um, But I, I mean, I loved Montessori school, to be honest. I didn't have homework until high school. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't have, like, memories of doing homework before high school, but, like, I, I like I know I did, so fuck you, but. <laughs> yeah, no, like, when I talk to, like, my little cousins, and they're like, I have, like, this, this, and, like, a project, and I'm like, what? And you're, like, eight years old? Like, it just, it doesn't compute to me. Um, it doesn't make sense. Capitalist America, starting at a young age. Pretty Is much. that capitalism? Yeah. Or is it just. I think so. Oh, teaching, like, to, like indoctr- teaching you to work. indoctrination. Yeah, yeah. kind yeah. of. <clears throat> they break you down young. I was going to say just like a poor handle on how to teach children, but capitalism, I'm always down to blame capitalism. So <laughs> I think that it's probably literally than that. I don't and, know. I think you're probably right too. Yeah. Um, keep kids busy while mom and dad keep working. Sorry, what you what were you saying, Mason? No, literally that. It was literally like I, homework was like busy yeah. work. And so like my, my days were literally like, like I didn't, we didn't really have like, class like I would show up to school and there were like materials around and like books and stuff and what I decided to learn that day was whatever I fucking felt like some days I didn't learn at all some days I was like I want to bake bread today and so I baked bread um and that was what I did for my day um, so Montessori school made you gay is what you're saying yeah pretty much like, there's, a, there's a strong correlation um, so sure. if you're listening and you have children send them to Montessori school yes, exactly. <laughs> the right kind of influence that is the gay agenda Montessori school is the gay agenda literally um so yeah we're gonna get fucking sapi- we're gonna get like fucking cease and desist from like Montessori of America <laughs> oh my god Maybe so. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was a very like pretty unconventional education experience. Like, just kind of did what I wanted up until high school, um, and just very like I think it taught me at a very young age, like to just think for my like I had to like I learned like how to do multiplication by myself. Like I learned like I learned how to read by myself. Like I learned kind of like basic stuff by myself. Like that's kind of what Montessori teaches you to do, and like kind of like almost like treats children not as like adults but like kind of as adults like you mm-hmm. kind of have the autonomy like you can figure it out um and so yeah a Damn, lot of we should get sponsored by them for this episode <laughs> listen <laughs> um so yeah i think it was really very very formative as to who i am today montessori um wow and so you kind of contrast that like very like anti-authority like love the world kind of experience and then i go to high school uh catholic high school which is (laughs) remix (laughs) okay which is like the most draconian shit i have ever experienced in my life like it was like a cult it was like a double culture shock almost um because it was just so 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 much different than what i was used to like and I'm also not Catholic. <laughs> um, yeah. knew, I knew, like, I knew literally nobody Catholic growing up. Um, so yeah, once again, I like went into this experience, and I was just like, it was the cheapest private school in Atlanta. Like, my parents were like, you can't go to your zone school; you have to go to private school. 
and there's no Montessori high school. So they were like, let's find the cheapest private school we can find. Um, and it just so happened to be that one. And so like, I made up some BS. Where in, where in Atlanta was it? Um, like Doraville Shambly. I don't know if that's gonna connect for you. <laughs> I don't know why I asked. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> yeah. You can actually see it from the highway if you've ever been on 85. But again, I don't know if that will like heading into the city. It's like a couple exits from like downtown. Okay. If that's at all helpful. Um, Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Okay. Um, so yeah. Anyway. I, um, yeah. So it was, yeah, I didn't know anybody Catholic and I just like made up some nonsense on my like admittance essay about like i'm so fascinated as a good christian like i want to learn more about other faiths um complete lies um (laughs) i want to learn more about other faiths let me go to another let me go to a christian school (laughs) you know and they ate it up um i guess (laughs) they let me in um and so yeah that was like yeah that was another formative but in a different way um it was, just, was it homophobic? Or was that or was it just like hush hush, we're not even gonna address the issue? Yeah, it was more so that. It was more so like mm. it's so like don't even like it's don't impossible. you dare like Yeah, like don't you dare bring that shit like through these gates. Like that's Damn. not what we're doing here. You can do that like on your free time. Um so Gay on the weekends. Literally. <laughs> um <laughs> So, yeah. If you're going to hell, we're not having nothing to do with it. <laughs> <Yeah>. Plausible deniability. <laughs> Literal. Exactly. Because, like, I can't, I I mean, to be honest, I've, like, suppressed a lot of that time. But, like, I can't, I can't, like, pinpoint. Like, I do remember them having, like, because we, we had to have religion class every year. So, like, I can definitely remember, like, the no premarital sex talk, like, all of those kinds of things. Um no drinking blah 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 but like i don't remember a specific like pray the gay away like class in religion um Mm. but maybe it happens good um so yeah but i guess like the result of that was just like there was just there was like a couple gay guys there but like not many so again an environment where like practically nobody was out so like as i'm kind of coming into that like i can no longer like kind of deny that part of myself phase still kind of like not an environment where I could do that um, and really no avenues to like figure that out. Um, so yeah, it was another four years in the closet for little old me. Um, and then I wanted, because of that, like I remember wanting so badly, I was like, I am like getting out of the South. Like I'm going to school like as far away as possible. Um, and then I ended up in Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that didn't quite happen. Um, and yeah, so it was kind of more the same when I got to college. Um, and like looking back, that's like one of my, I guess like one of my like regrets in life is that like, I guess it would have like, would it have been worth going into like undergrad debt to just like pick somewhere else where I could have had like literally a gay life? Um, Hmm. Because it was just, I feel like I lost those. Like, I feel like I'd already lost, like, those four years in high school. And then, like, adding on the four years of undergrad, I feel like I lost those years, too. Were you out in undergrad? No. Like, well, towards, like, I would say, like, literally, like, right at the end. So, like, not even. Um, mm-hmm. It's when I ended up coming out. 
Um, so yeah, I just like, I look, when I look back at that time, I'm just like, damn, like that is eight years of like my queer life that I'm never going to get back. And like important years too, you know what I mean? Like it'd be one thing if it was like 42 to 46, like who the fuck, like what are those years, you know? But it's like... (laughs) No like shade. no shade to our <laughs> right. forty-year-old fans. <laughs> not, to, not to be ageist. Like Listeners, no not fans. Um, to the over-the-hill crowd. I think but... they'd agree, though. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's. I feel I like up until maybe like twenty-five, like all of those years are so important. I feel like, like they're totally. so, you know, like developed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And so, I'm just like, I wish that I could have done more. Like, I just think back. Like one of the things. Like, I guess, like, to paint a picture of how, like, completely, like, there was just nothing going on. Like, <laughs> the grinder feed at Alabama, like, it's still, like, so I would say, what's, like, an average grinder feed? Like, maybe, like, 60 profiles? Um, like, unless you pay for it, which I've never paid for grinder, but um, mm. I'd say, yeah, so, like, say, like, 60 profiles. So there's probably, like, five of us that have a face picture. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like five. Um, and then maybe like 25 that are just like torso pics, mm-hmm. you know, giving you just, you know, mm-hmm. chest abs. And then the other 30 were like just completely blank, like just blank profiles. Damn. So it's like, okay. So it's it genuinely is like, so there are, you know that there are some people around, but it's like you literally cannot tell who they are. And, like, people were so, so, so discreet. Like, I can't, like, oh, my God, if my Sigma Alpha Epsilon brothers knew, like, (laughs) what would they do? Um, So, like, it was just, like, so, like, the secrecy. Like, like some of the things, like, the lengths I went to to try to meet up with people, like, looking back now, like... That sounds so toxic. Yeah. Yeah, like, literally meeting up. I mean, sometimes, like, it was sometimes also, like, like, you know, there's, like, a little like Excitement. danger element Adrenaline. yeah that makes it fun like mm-hmm. okay i'm driving into like a cornfield at like oh no 12 15 a.m no 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 okay yeah i'm gonna say something <laughs> this sounds like the like... first episode of euphoria when jules goes to meet the random man in the fucking motel okay by random man do you mean mcsteamy in but that this is show like... he's not hot it's not but i feel like that's the prime example him. of the like super discreet where you're like you have no mm-hmm. idea who you're talking to and then it turns Definitely out to be your friend's dad Okay, yeah, <laughs> that honestly would be kind of fun. We don't have to get into that. However, <laughs> however I'm going to maybe say something that you can edit out, Aaron. But Mason, you mm-hmm. saying that just seems like the exact opposite of everything I ever see on Twitter of like, this is some white people <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, my God. But you have I mean, yes, you're right. But you have like. When you're in that kind of environment, like, you just get so desperate, like, mm. that you're just like, yeah, I'm about to do this, mm. like, I'm literally about to meet this man in his fucking pickup truck in the cornfield, like, and on a Saturday night, like, that's... This, I mean, Turn that up. sounds like a hate crime. <laughs> Don't let your parents listen to this. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah, God. waiting to happen. <laughs> they would... It, it, yeah, I, so yeah, like, definitely, like, looking back, like, hmm... Um, not like my best decisions, but like, you know, when you're, when you're 18, 19, like, totally, you're just like, fuck it. Like I'm bored. Unfortunately, I feel like it's part of the like growing up gay thing. Yeah. Especially like, 
yeah growing up gay and growing up like I mean at that point I was in like a really rural area like it wasn't like obviously if I had like stayed in Atlanta which like I was like just like why didn't I just go to fucking Georgia State um that would have been a different experience I like totally I feel like much different you know being in Atlanta like that would have been much different University of Alabama is it literally like just the school and then there's like not really anything else it's just like yeah like it's not it's not a city like Atlanta new um so yeah like they have they technically have a downtown but it's like a five-story building is like the skyscraper and there's like a couple bars and like the court like the courthouse and like that's downtown um and the then courthouse probably gets the most traffic <laughs> i mean yeah yeah i'm sure it does i quite a few <laughs> let me not do them quite a few of my friends ended up there for public intoxication but that's neither here nor there um another probably staple where the, of, that's probably where the city gets like all its up. funds yeah. <laughs> Truly. um so yeah like i it, there was no city to speak of the closest city was birmingham which is like an hour and mm-hmm. you know like not to i don't want to be like elitist but like Birmingham's not really it's know. not your scene why don't we say that let's say that yeah it's a mid-sized city we'll say that um so <laughs> yeah it's just not it was not yeah like especially when you think of like especially when like look on tv like so much gay tv film whatever is like it's set in San Francisco it's set in New York yeah. it's set in London you know Seattle so like you know huge huge very urban cities um mm-hmm. So, yeah. So thinking about that and talking about like that kind of representation, I'm very interested mm-hmm. to hear, because I know we've talked about it a bit before, but I'm very interested to hear about your experience being black and seeing that, you know, the gay representation and and then not seeing <laughs> the lack you know, thereof gay representation. Yeah. God. Um... It's very, very <laughs> open ended, but I just want to yeah. see where you're see what you think. See where to get your feelings um let's see yeah i mean that was like definitely the other element of undergrad like even like obviously there was like a ton of like yeah like discreet frat bros like white frat bros at bama but like so they were also discreet but like the discreet black men were like almost in like a closet inside of a closet like you know like mm. even more kind of like cannot come out kind of thing. So like it was even harder to find them. Um to the point where I yeah, like I honestly I don't think I had a gay friend until maybe like junior or senior year of undergrad. It was like the first time I ever oh, had a gay wow. friend. And like didn't have yeah like a black gay friend until like around the time that I was leaving undergrad. Um so that's like twenty two um at that point. Um, so yeah, there just was, there was nothing. And like I said, like my family, there was nobody in my family, um, or like immediate friend group growing up. So like, there was nothing like in my immediate world. And then even, I mean, going on TV, going in, like going to the movies, absolutely nothing. Like, I mean, even still we have Moonlight and like, what else? Like, you know what I mean? Like, when it comes mm-hmm. to black gay representation in the media, like, this shit is a desert. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, um, it really is. 
Especially, like, and that's not, like, I mean, there's, like, YouTube series and stuff, but, like, mm-hmm. nothing mainstream or even, like, at a certain, like, craftsmanship level, you know what I mean? Like, given Production a certain... value. Bu- right, exactly. And, like, yeah. you know, something that has a budget, like, there's just so, so, so little of it, even still now. Um, and then oftentimes when you do see... Um, I guess, like, black queer men or women on TV. Um, it's, they're, like, par- <laughs> you know, Shonda, lo- Shonda is, Shonda Rhimes loves this one. Um, and they're, like, it's always interracial. Like, it's very, very, it's even more <laughs> uncommon that you see, like, two black queer people together. Like, it's usually mm. a black queer person and a white queer person. Um, which, I mean, is fine. But it kind of weighs on you as a child um, and as a young adult, because it like, it gives you the impression. I, I mean, it just gives you the impression that it like can't happen for you or it won't happen for you. Like, it's just like, if I am ever going to be like in love or married or whatever, like it's going to be with someone outside of my race, which is just like a really damaging thing to like a really damaging idea and mindset to grow up with. Um, and like definitely take some unlearning as you get into adulthood. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I feel like, you know, that's like the cliche, like it's getting better, sure, but like not nearly at the rate I would say that it should be at. Like I, cause I watch a lot of like, I try to at least, um, also, um, my FBI agent, please don't listen to this. I pirate a, like a ton of like queer <laughs> films. It's hard. It's hard to find like gay films. I'm like, you know, like Netflix has mm-hmm. their little selection who has totally. a little selection or whatever, but like, there's not that much, like you have to really go and look for it. Cause like a lot of it like premieres at like some like, you know, like film fest and then like doesn't get a wide release or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you have to go looking for it. Um, and so I pirate a lot of it. Um, and yeah, like... Allegedly. Allegedly. If you're from, if you're from the whatever state bar that Mason applies to, allegedly. Oh yeah, allegedly. I am an upstanding moral citizen. I follow every law to the letter. All of that. Um, yeah. So when, I mean, and I, so when I watch stuff like that, like even still now, like, it's usually just, like, two white men um, if I'm watching, like, queer men. Um, and so it's something, and I feel like, like a lot of black slash, like, people of color um, grow up having to do is, like, imagining yourself in, like, white people's shoes or, like, white people's stories or books, you know, they're, you know, whatever. Like, you have to, you have to find aspects of yourself in those characters because... Mm-hmm you're just not really going to find it, your character that really, like, fully represents you um, otherwise. Um, and so, yeah, that's, like, I'm even still now, like, constantly having to do that. Um, and I don't know, the older you get, the, like, more annoying that is. Um, and the more it's just, like, I don't even want to do this anymore. Um, but it's, would like... You, would you, like, just in, obviously, you know, you can only really speak from your own experience, but, mm-hmm. like, just kind of say what that really means to, like, never have seen yourself on TV because, or, like, in media, just because I think it's 
something that's really difficult for me to understand and by that I'm going to say like white people in general a lot of times can't we can understand it as like a sorry I can understand it as like uh for what it is but I I can't empathize with that in the same yeah exactly so it's like I can understand and recognize why it's important but I think there's a way of you know the the feelings that go along with it are just something that I don't know if I'll ever I don't think I'll ever be able to really understand just because I you know like you said you know media from forever has it's been catered to people who look like me you know yeah um it's almost like it forces you to create like like an alternate self a version of yourself Mm. that is like parts of you but not fully you so much of growing up is like discovering yourself and like trying things out or like seeing someone like you doing something and learning that Mm -hmm. way and so when you don't have that growing up it's just like it almost like stunts your development in a way because you're constantly grasping and you're kind of like you're you're like taking on lessons that aren't necessarily fully your lessons to learn because like Mm. I do move differently through the world than like as than a white gay man and so like Mm. while I can like there are some you know commonalities to our experience that also there also are you know vast differences especially when you're younger like it's just like you end up in like a cornfield like on a Saturday um Mm. at like 19 because you're just like you literally have no you just don't know better you know what I mean you just don't know and so if you don't know better you don't do better and so you have to like suffer through so much more. Like it's so much more trial and error and like it's so much more, so much more of like an internal kind of turmoil when you can't see it um, in books and TV and music and film, you know? Mm -hmm. When you say that, I mean, something that comes to mind is the idea of like, you don't know to, is it kind of the idea that like you don't know to like seek better for yourself and to demand better for yourself? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, my mind is going more to like not being able to learn as much from other people's mistakes that you're watching because you don't see yourself in them. It's kind of like how I'm interpreting what you're saying, but I don't know. It's kind of both. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah right. it's definitely kind of both. It's just like, it's just very isolating. Like you just mm-hmm. feel like you are, like you are on this island and you have to figure it all out yourself. What is really like, I mean, growing up queer is such like, can be, not always, I guess, but can be like such a precarious experience um, and just like, Mm -hmm. you know, fraught with so many (laughs) pitfalls and stuff. And so like when you're going it alone, it's just like, you're bound to run into, you know, just like situations or things that can be traumatic, I guess, at times and can really, yeah, like Mm -hmm. I said, just like can kind of like stunt your development in a way. Sometimes I I look back and I'm like, my God, like how did I make it through that? But like at the same time, you also like, you're in survival mode, you know? And so it's like, a lot of this stuff is like stuff that I recognized looking back. Like when I was in it, I almost like wasn't even, even like, I was almost in like autopilot, um, just kind of like as a protect, like, interesting you know like as like a protection measure just like because if you sit there and you think about it and you dwell on it and you're like damn like I'm out here trying to figure it out by myself like that can be 
it's just it can be really really isolating and like can lead you you know down a path you might not want to take and so you kind of just have to put it out of your mind um to kind of just get through uh which is a shame because life is meant to be like fully experienced and you know fully explored and so nobody should have to have to do that you know just to kind of survive yeah it it makes me very interested to know now what it's like, you know, being a little bit older, living in Atlanta, which for people who don't know is, you know, it's still the South, but it's much, it's, there's a, a lot of gays. There's a, there's plenty of gays. Uh, there's plenty. <laughs> yes. The girls are there's... plentiful down here. They really are. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. So just to know what it's like, you know, especially in a a city that is so black and in an area that's so black and to be able to, to see, um, I don't know if I'm going to finish. I don't know if I'm going to say to see more of yourself because it's not really media, but I don't know. Tell me about it. What, how is that different, better, worse? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. Aaron community. Like that's the word. Like I, when I look back, like it was just, there was just no community. Like Mm. it was just you know, like I said, just like such an individual experience. And so coming back and like really committing to being like, like, you know, I'm going to like live, you know, my queer life now that I'm back um, in the city. Cause I came back right after undergrad. Um, it was literally like a tale of two extremes. Like it's just so much different. Like there was like, I could, you know, like I could go out at like a gay bar. Like I'd only been to like, you know, like one or two, like actually gay bars when I was in undergrad. And so like, that was different. Um, and just, yeah, like the sense of community, seeing not only obviously a very black city, but like seeing black queer people um, and seeing like the variety. Like I know so often, especially like earlier on when we were younger, like when you saw queer characters, it was like the AIDS character or like the, you know, yeah. like in prison, you know, like it was very kind of like just, but which is a part of our experience, a part of our reality, sure. but it's not the whole picture, but like so often that's what we got. And so coming back to Atlanta and being able to see just like, wow, like there are just people who are, you know, working and living and just like, you know, living in the city and just having kind of normal lives, like seeing that as a possibility is, it was like, oh my God, it was transformative. And I remember like, so like, yeah, that, that period, like 22 to 25, like, like, it was like, I wanted to soak up everything. I was like, I mm-hmm. need to be out. Like, I need mm-hmm. to do this, that. Like, we're going to Pride's. Like, I, like, there was just so much. Like, I just felt like I was making up for lost time. Um, and so... I feel like that's what's going to happen to you after law school. You'd be like, what the fuck was I doing from 24 to 20 or 25 to 28? Let me make up for lost I time think, again. I do. I think that that's, that's also like one of the like shared experience probably that like a lot of queer people have, because even though I was out in college, I still feel like post-grad, I had a similar feeling of like making up for lost time and like mm-hmm. finally coming into yourself and being like, fuck, I wasted so many years just so many years. not being me. Oh <laughs> like, yeah so many it's like oh my god like a like a half-life um but yeah and so and yeah i really can't like discount like the fact that it's i mean it's a large queer population but specifically like a black queer population is like it's something that i took for granted growing up in atlanta like 
mm-hmm. I, and it's like, I didn't, like, my family, like, I, we had never, like, traveled out of the country, um, I guess up until that point. And, like, most of the travel, like, my family had done, like, I, me and Matt share this in common, we did, I did gymnastics growing up, um, and so okay. did both of my sisters. I have an older sister and a younger sister. We all did gymnastics, and so, like, growing up, like, my family grew up, like, I don't know, like, middle class, I would say. And so, like, it was really, like, one vacation a year, and, like, usually we had, like, some, like, national gymnastics competition or something. It was always in, like, Florida, like, that Disney World sports thing um, where they have a, a lot of sporting events. Um, like cheer. And, <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like, that was usually the vacation for the year. Um, mm. And so I hadn't seen a lot of the world, I guess, you know, up until that point. And so when I did start traveling more, like, I would say, like, from, like, 21, 22 onwards, like, I would go places, you know, like Seattle or San Francisco um, or New York. And New York's a little bit different, but, you know, I would just go places and I would be like, like, oh, okay. Um, so this is... <laughs> Reminder that no one else can see you. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Um, I would look at myself and I would say something is not like the others. Um, and so, yeah, and that lends itself to... It's almost like hypervisibility and invisibility at the same time. Um, mm. So, like, when I would go into spaces, like the Castro, I guess, like in San Francisco, that's, like, a popular place. Um, it's like you walk into the gay bar and it's like, oh, like, this is new. Like, there's a black boy in our midst. And then it's like, oh, there's a black boy in our midst. Turn away. Um, and so it's very much like like... It's like everybody's looking at you all at once and then all of a sudden like no one is and it's mm. very it's very jarring um it's very i don't know yeah it's very jarring and so it's something that i definitely took for granted growing up in atlanta and it's definitely like the queer life also like it's something that i'm just really really grateful for that i could kind of still sort of come of age um in an environment where there were like black group people um to learn from and like be in community with because that's just like it's so critical and yeah that makes me really happy to hear that to be honest i know you 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 talked a lot about things that were difficult and not good for you but to hear you say that you ended up having a really important formative and in a good way and awesome black queer experiences makes me happy for you thank you yeah like it's yeah like you know like i mean the world is not fixed by any beans but like it's mm. it's chill now you know oh, i have no no <laughs> no i mean i mean we, we solved racism on the podcast congratulations guys Fully, like... you know um but yeah so like obviously there's still so much work to do but like personally mm. speaking like it's i'm in a much better place um than i was i don't know five years ago ten years ago and, like, honestly, I only see it going up from I here. mean, you're not in Catholic school anymore, so you're definitely in a better place than you were 10 years ago. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and, it's, yeah, like, as some, I've never been that, that religious. Like, I do, like, I don't know, like, spiritual, I guess, is how I would describe mm. my relationship with God or whatever. Like, I do believe in God, but... Whoever she is, you know. Right, right. God, the universe, like, whatever you want to call it. Like, I do think there is something out there, um... But, yeah, I've never been very religious. Um, Like, and the sense of, like, religion as, like, I don't know. Religion is, like, a community and religion is, like, 
order and like do this and like go to church every like I just that's never really been for me like I remember as a kid like especially like in the black church like the come down to the altar like baptism moment is like very very like you know tambourines jump in like it's very it's lit um <laughs> I just say that sounds kind of fun that's like... I the, like gospel music I listen I as re- as non-religious as I am like gospel music slaps like I will turn on some the Franklin like any day like oh my god love it mm. but um yeah like during that moment I remember you know they call up to the altar like if you want to be saved you know cleansed of your sins blah 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 come up and accept Jesus um and I remember like as a child like trying to will myself like just go up there Mason just go up there um and just like go do it go be it you know go be a part of it blah 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 and like something something always held me back like something I just felt like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't be like true to me I was like but I still have doubts. Like I, mm-hmm. if I was, if I went up there, it would be a lie. So like Catholic school, I was just. It like, was God holding you back. He was like, "You're a little gay boy, so you." Can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> he really was. Um, and yeah, Catholic He's school. Like, I have better. He 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 was saying I have better plans for you. That's really what it was. Yes, yes, I think yes. So, and I yeah, like I think if the point of Catholic school is to like encourage you to become a Catholic, I think they might have some reworking to do. Um, like their bu- their business model is not really conducive to that. Um, there were so many <laughs> there were so many scandals at that school. Like, oh my gosh, so messy. Um, Dude, you need to listen to the episode that we did with Ari Ortiz like Ari! earlier because ah, she she, she went to Catholic epic. school too. Is an unbelievable episode. Her re- recounting some of her Catholic school days. So so gay hilarious is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that we didn't ask you no nothing i can like think of right now um oh my type is taller than me and (laughs) like generally non-twink so like i just want to put that out there for the queering the air classifieds coming at you now you know um it is valentine's day so (laughs) (laughs) how tall are you out there I am like five nine ish. Um, okay. Don't, mm-hmm. don't lie. Men love to be like I'm. Six, <laughs> men love to be like I'm six foot on their profiles, and then you get there, and I'm like, we're eye level. So. Oh my god. Something's not right here. Um, nice guys, which is like kind of odd. I feel like you know people are like I go for the bad boys, blah blah blah. They're like no, like kindness is such like a that's such a turn on for me. All right. So Aaron, we're not his type. No, um, I'm screaming. Um, <laughs> so Mason's Instagram will be linked in the episode description. <laughs> yeah, it yes. absolutely will. We've got we got two questions up for you. Okay. okay, what is the gayest thing that you did this week? Oh, um, would you like see. me to go? Sure. Um, not to bring Chromatica Oreos into another. Oh my episode. god. <laughs> How, however, I worked brunch today. Queer. Pretty gay. But I got home from working brunch and had taken a half-poured bottle of red wine. And I, like, essentially crawled up to my front door carrying a a half-drank bottle of red wine and half a pack of Chromatica Oreos. It was kind of sad, so... I have since eaten the Chromatica Oreos and drank the bottle of red wine, so. And that's on a balanced diet. 
Yes. <laughs> Jenny Craig, who? <laughs> um, I think the gayest thing I did this week was I got a circle mirror and I hung that up in my apartment. I'm going to use I it mean, to take a lot of selfies and a lot of other, like, I'm going to take it outside to take the outdoor mirror photos. So uh, it's going to be a person. That's, that's creative. Nice. I've never thought to do that with mine. Okay, noted. Yeah. Noted. Mason, does anything okay. come to mind? Um, it does. Um, and again, I'm like realizing now. I'm like, I'm gonna fail the character and fitness portion of the bar, but that's you know, that's a year <laughs> and a half away. Um, but so literally, please, um, no people in the bar do not watch this. Um, so, like I said, at the, like I think I told y'all earlier, I my previous plans for Valentine's Day were. To be not so sober, um, so I, like any good queer does, I hopped on a dating app, um, jacked specifically, um, looking for a plug. Oh. Yeah. Um, so I was just like, literally like texting people. I've um, literally yeah. never heard of jacked. Am oh, I even yeah. gay? That's fair. It's like the black one, so oh, okay. that makes oh, sense. Okay. <laughs> but also, it, de- it depends on where you are. I remember I was in... Where was I? I want to say, like, Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, like, oh. mainly Asian men. Um, okay. So I think it matter. Like, I think geography influences a bit, too. But here, at least, it's the black one. Um, so, yeah, I was scrolling. Scruff owns Jacked. Um, so, like, they were giving away two days free of, like, Jacked Pro, like, the paid version for Black History Month. Woo! Um, so... <laughs> I was utilizing that, you know, love free shit. Um, and I found a plug and I was like, hey, like Valentine's Day coming up. I need some treats. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we chatted for a little bit and he was like, yeah, I got you. And then like mid, mid-convo, mid-transaction, um, he was like, could I also get some throat? And <laughs> I was oh. like... Um, I mean, that's not the purpose of this current conversation, but like... I don't mix business can... and pleasure, sir. <laughs> Literally, I was like, can you please focus? Like, I need, like, I need you right now. Like, I need this um, for Valentine's Day and you're dovetailing. So, yeah, that did not happen yet. But that was probably the gayest thing I did. I, my, my, my drug dealer tried to hook up with me. That... Is incredible. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. That's like that's like my life these well not these days but like I would say that's like my mid twenties in a nutshell. From cornfields to drug so deals, <laughs> <laughs> the duality get you a man who can do both. <laughs> oh my god! I love that. <laughs> well, Mason, for everyone listening, where can they find you if you'd like to be found? Yes. Um, Other than on Jacked. <laughs> yes, other than on Jacked, although, I mean, if you do see me, like, send me a wave. Um, what is my If you're over 5'9". Yeah. If you're over. It's, yes, yes. So my Instagram is Lil Maceo. We'll link it in the description. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, that's my, I think that might be my Instagram and my Twitter. Let me double check. If you're an employer, it's neither. Um, and if I, you want to not find on his... social media, yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But yeah, it's Lil Maceo with two O's on both Twitter and Instagram. So yeah. Mason, is there any organization or cause that you want to give a shout out to before we um, wrap up? 
Yeah, I guess Southern Fried Queer Pride, um, like SFQP on Instagram. It's like a a local Atlanta like arts organization. Um, obviously, primarily targeted for like queer people, queer. I've never actually said that word out loud. BIPOC. Is that how you, like, are you supposed to just say it out? I like black indigenous people of color or BIPOC? I don't know. Yeah, I would shout out to them. They're doing a lot of good work locally. And also just like <laughs> donate to mutual aid funds. Like those mm-hmm. are always needed. Like literally put money in people's pockets. Like, so yeah. Amazing. Love that. Yeah. Those will, well, I don't know how we're going to link all the mutual aid funds, but we'll put a reminder I mean, you can them. usually just, in the description. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like look up your city yeah. and then mutual fund. Look. Yeah. Perfect. Hey guys, thanks for checking out this week's episode of Queer in the Air. Once again, I'm Matt. And I'm Aaron. We would absolutely love for you to take the time to write a review of our podcast and leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really, really helps us out. And please remember to subscribe on whatever platform that you're listening on. If you want to keep up with us or keep us in check, you can find us on our social media. You can find me at Maddie Roar. You can find me everywhere, Aaron Idelson. And you can follow our podcast on Instagram at Queering the AirPod. If you'd like to reach us by email, you can find us at QueeringTheAirPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you guys next time. Thank you so much to all of our guests and listeners. We appreciate you all lots. New episodes of Queering the Air are released every single Tuesday. Our podcast music is All For Me by Swift, provided from Epidemic Sound. All views expressed in the podcast are our own. As always, if you want to keep us in check or continue the conversation, feel free to DM us on our social media or email us. 